let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Here's what DC is talking about. The House Oversight Committee voted Wednesday to block DC's police discipline and accountability bill. It was part of a larger hearing they say was all about stopping crime in DC, but it didn't really feel that way. Audio producer Julia Karen and CityCast DC contributor Dan Reed are here to chat about it. Plus, the recent boom in traffic congestion and why DC smelled like smoke earlier this week. Today is Friday, March 31st. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. So the first thing on the docket is that House hearing that happened on Wednesday. Julia, take it away. All right. So tomorrow is April Fool's Day, and it felt like one big April Fool's joke to be this entire hearing. Let's back up a bit. So the House is calling this particular hearing Overdue Oversight of the Capital City Part 1. The reason for this hearing is that the House Oversight Committee wanted to take a look into D.C.'s Comprehensive Policing and Justice Reform Act. This is a bill that was passed by emergency vote in 2020 after the murder of George Floyd and the ensuing protests and everything around that. Basically, it looks to hold police more accountable in their actions. It includes things like prohibiting neck restraints and wearing body-worn cameras, like stuff that has passed in other jurisdictions with some pushback, but not as much pushback as we're getting here. Obviously, like both sides of the aisle have things to say about this, The police union and most Republicans say that this bill is anti-police, that it means that they can't do their jobs, things of that nature. And supporters of the bill say, you know, this provides transparency and accountability and means that, like, police can actually interact with their community and be like, yeah, like, we messed up in this endeavor. We're going to do better in the future. So that was the goal of this bill. MPD is facing a lot of scrutiny right now. Metro Police is down to, like, 3,300 officers now. Uh, That's less than the 3,800 or so that they had in 2019 and 2020. Basically, they know that hiring is a big problem. Gregory Pemberton, who's the head of the police union, has said that this is a problem, and this bill also was going to make things worse. I don't know if that's true or not, but remains to be seen. Rand Paul's staffer was attacked in broad daylight. So this hearing comes at a time where, like, all eyes are kind of on crime in the district. Uh, The people who were at this hearing, who were in front of this committee, were Bill Mendelson, Rep. Charles Allen, who's the guy who shepherded this bill through the first time, uh, CFO Glenn Lee of the city, who kind of sat there and didn't get a lot of questions about the city's finances, which I thought was very interesting. He got a couple, but not a lot, uh, and Pemberton. So all these people showed up on Wednesday. They went to this hearing, and what did this hearing devolve into? Uh, A lot of posturing and peacocking and BS over should DC be a state and actually crime is really bad and why can't you do these things that you can do, supposedly. There's a great tweet from Martin Ostermule, who you should follow his stuff for 
cataloging this entire hearing. And he basically said, so far in this hearing, Republican members have called D.C. schools inmate factories, said D.C. wants to charge people up to 25 years old as minors, which is not true, said crime is higher than ever, not true, and asked about the revised criminal code that previously the House overturned. (laughs) Uh, So all this to say, what do you guys think about this hearing? Uh, Mayor Bowser is supposed to be at her own specialty hearing on May 16th. So obviously we'll be covering that. But what did you guys think of this hearing? Did you watch it? What were your reactions? Do you have thoughts and feelings? I didn't watch it, but it's definitely reminiscent of the, I don't want to say uh, contempt that I think some Republican leaders have for urban places, not just, you know, whether it's national Republicans talking about D.C., but this happened on a smaller scale in Maryland between the former Republican governor, Larry Hogan, and the mayor of Baltimore after the uprising uh, for Freddie Gray in 2015, right? There was a you know a, a tremendous amount of condescension about well you can't run your city because look what happened, right? And it is often just for political points. Yeah, I completely agree. I didn't watch it either because I knew exactly what Dan just said. We were going to see lots of, um, and I agree. I think it's part of a, a a larger trend that we see when it comes to disrespect that elected officials sometimes show for cities, and I think particularly that through line of like, you can't run your cities. That to me is so, always so deeply racially coded. I pick up on that as like a dog, or barely even a dog whistle right away. And I think when we talk about things like crime, the reality is if you look at a lot of rural areas, red states, places like that, we so deeply associate crime with cities, despite the fact that the numbers don't often bear that out. And so another thing that really sticks out at me about this hearing is how blatant lies were allowed to be on the agenda, that you could get up in front of people as an elected official and say things that are just flat out not true, things that have no truth to them, and no one will be like, wait a minute, that's complete BS. And so, yeah, I think it goes back to what Dan was saying, this overall lack of respect and denigration of urban places, oftentimes in a way that is clearly racially coded. So one thing that I also thought was, so I watched this hearing and our lead producer, Priyanka, can tell you every five seconds there was a <sighs> or like I wanted to throw something <laughs> because it was like going back and forth between things that like clearly, you know, people were saying about the city that like were either not true or stuff that D.C. could do if it was a state or if it could manage its police in a similar way that the state can. There was a report that came out from the Washington Post that said there's a more nuanced picture when it actually comes to crime in the district. Uh, It's still experiencing a rising number of homicides and carjackings compared to the last number of decades, with homicides on track to surpass 200 killings for the third consecutive year and carjackings outpacing even last year's surge. But while Roten Republican lawmaker called D.C., quote, the least safe it has ever been, unquote, overall killings remain far lower than what the city saw in the early 90s. Overall violent crime has similarly fallen since 2015, while gun-involved crime has increased. So... This is a debate where, like, if you actually want to go there and debate, like, okay, like, crime is a problem to a certain extent. Here is what is happening. Let's have a good faith argument about figuring out solutions. Yes, I am all for that. Like, let's figure out, okay, what is it about the, is it something about the criminal code that lets people do this? Is it something about the way police do their jobs that allow people to have crime? Like, is it something about, like, people being able to have access to guns? Like, if it's a good faith argument, I am willing to hear it. 
Uh, but making this argument and having it not be in good faith to me is what is most frustrating about this because it feels like it's just like, ah, yes, we're scoring points when like this affects actual people's lives. Like this affects our everyday lives living in the city. Yeah, I'm with you. If people are down to talk real solutions in a meaningful way uh, that is based on reality, I think we should have that conversation. I'm completely over conversations that just use it as a way to score political points and posture. I don't feel like we see similar things in other places. Like, where was all the breathless conversation about the rural crime, the, the rural rise in violent crime in 2022? It's just so clear to me that this is a an issue where people are interested in scoring points, not actually coming to the table and talking about real solutions that are going to impact actual people's lives. As you said, Julia. Oh, yeah. I was going to say one common thread in conversations about crime, whether it's, you know, uh, national Republicans talking about D.C. or, you know, at the local level in D.C. and other parts of the area is like so much of crime perceptions are about vibes. Right. Even if crime rates are lower than they have been in decades, you probably can find people on the street in D.C. who feel like things are less safe and that can drive the conversation about crime to a huge extent, right? Just the perception, the vibes that there is more crime. Yeah, I actually think that there should be room for that conversation. Like, even though this kind of crime is trending downward, people don't feel safe on the street. That's a real thing. I don't want to act like that's not a real thing. The sense of safety that people have when they're out on the street is a real thing. But we have to find a way to talk about it that is based in the act, like in the actual facts of what's happening, but also honors the way people feel, because that's also true. That's also yeah. valid. And that that's part of the solution, too, right, is it's not just solving crime, but also making people feel safe. Like you, you also want a vibe shift as part of your crime fighting policy. <laughs> I want to know who's in charge of like the D- D.C.'s crime related vibe check. <laughs> <laughs> crime related vibe check. Oh, my God. So speaking of like vibe checks generally to to segue this. So my former rep, Jamie Raskin, uh, who is the number two guy on this panel after uh, James Comer, he went in and basically said this whole thing was a sham. This is what he had to say. This hearing called to malign the people of D.C. and their leaders for criminal violence that our colleagues will do nothing to stop should instead be a hearing to examine and move statehood for the people of Washington, D.C. in the 118th Congress. Uh, so he is like all on board for just outright statehood. Obviously, the goal is to like malign people and have this hearing just be like for show and for theater. But like, do you guys think we're going to see more of this come up as this progresses? Like, is every bill that comes through D.C. Council going to be negotiated in this way because of D.C. just being a really easy target and being a being a punching bag in the way it is? I think, yes. I think until D.C. has real has statehood, I think we can expect to see this for enjoy this kind of posturing for years to come. Yay. Love that for us. (laughs) It's time to get dressed up, D.C., So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow! There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. 
That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash Spring Soiree. See you there. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, As we know, it's cherry blossom season. And this past weekend, boy, did I find that out. So there were reports of people being stuck in traffic for hours trying to see the cherry blossoms. I was one of them. I wasn't trying to see the cherry blossoms. I was driving to Fredericksburg, Virginia to have lunch with my parents. And just getting out of the city took me two hours. I At one point, I kind of not seriously, but jokingly thought about abandoning my car. And then I found out that some people actually did abandon their cars while stuck in traffic. Julia, you were stuck in it too, right? So I was going to the Washington Spirit home opener, which they won, so go Spirits. (laughs) The game was at 4 p.m. They were having a little, like, cherry blossom gear, like, splurge thing. And I was like, oh, like, my friend says she wants to be there at, like, 3, 3.15. Like, if I leave at 2.30, like, we should be all good. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I left at 2.30. I did not get to the game until like 4.30, 4.25 with parking. Everywhere was shut down. People had abandoned their cars on 3.95. Like there's a whole lane. I think it's like the 1C exit to get to the (laughs) GW Parkway. People had just parked their cars across that area, which is like the bridge that goes over the river. And I was like, guys, what are we doing here? Do you know how bad traffic has to be to just abandon your car to be (laughs) like, I'll figure it out later? This wasn't even abandoning. People like legitimately parked their cars (laughs) in traffic because they were like, you know what? Like we can just like walk from this bridge. It's a highway in the middle of a city. Maybe don't do that. Like that's wild. I get it. But please don't. Metro did have its highest Sunday on record since 2015, but it sounds like a lot of folks were still getting into their cars and driving to see the cherry blossoms, which is one of the reasons why the traffic was so bad. According to the U.S. Park Police, temporary closure of two parking lots near the Tidal Basin also contributed to the horrible traffic issues. Um, Yeah, it was, I I have really never seen traffic quite like this. Like, I, I guess, you know, it, on the one hand, it makes me feel like, oh, D.C. is back. Like, people are really coming out and, you know, going to see those <laughs> blossoms. But it wasn't very pleasant to, to be in, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I wonder how much, it, like, to go back to vibes, right? <laughs> I think a lot of people may not feel comfortable going back to Metro yet. And this has been an ongoing conversation, whether because of maybe lingering fears about COVID or, you know, they may have ridden it last year when trains were coming way less frequently and may have been put off by that. Uh, Service has improved dramatically over the past few months as it's been coming back. But if people don't realize they're going to take their cars downtown anyway. And with the yellow line closed, there are lots of people who might have taken Metro to see the cherry blossoms, and they couldn't. In terms of vibes, like, Sunday was like the perfect DC vibes day. Peak (laughs) bloom. 
65 to 70 degrees, sunny. After everything DC had gone through in terms of like it was rainy and Mm -hmm. they didn't know when peak bloom was going to happen and it got pushed back to that date because like global warming potentially, but also because DC had a really warm winter. This was like the perfect collision of vibes to just be like everyone lost their minds. Everyone wanted to be outside. Everyone wanted to be at the Tidal Basin. Mm -hmm. And even if Metro, like, could have handled it, I don't know that Metro was ready for, like, the one nice day per year in the spring that we got. Oh, yeah. There's a a muscle memory, too, right? You know, how do we handle these big crowds that there haven't been as many big crowds for a couple years? Yeah. I would say this weekend, prepare yourselves again for the same vibes, as Dan (laughs) would like to say. The Cherry Blossom 10K is this weekend. So if you are a person who wants to be downtown and wants to see the cherry blossoms and wants to see the 10K, there will be road closures. There will likely be bus rerouting. Please don't park your car on 395 in an exit lane (laughs) for all of our sanity. Please look at a map and please find a good way to like get downtown and enjoy the springtime vibes instead of causing traffic for literally everyone on planet Earth. Well, at least least people running take up less space on the same number of cars, right? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe. Juliet, do you think those folks who left their cars got all got towed? No! They extremely did not. No! They, they, listen, I think people know that they can get away with it because maybe it's because of the parking lot being, like, shut down. I don't know. But, like, at a certain point, you got to just be like, all right. Like, even police, I think, had issues getting through, like, the traffic. It was that bad. So I think... No, it's not <laughs> happening. I am not optimistic. Well, let's, uh, we can talk about another kind of uh, mysterious swarm surprise that happened in D.C. this week, uh, which is that on Monday, a number of folks, myself included, stepped out of their homes to discover uh, the lingering smell of smoke, which was a, a big mystery for the first chunk of Monday. And it turned out to be coming from wildfires in northeastern North Carolina that wafted all the way up here. Did you smell the smoke on Monday? I smelled the smoke on Monday. I was sitting on my back deck and I thought my neighbors, I was like, what are they doing up there? Are they like smoking cigars? No, it was wildfire smoke. Yeah. My next door neighbor is a food pantry, and two years ago, they had a big fire. And for a week, I would step out of my house and smell just like burning plastic. And that was the first thing I thought, like, oh, no, the food pantry's on fire again. And so I looked, and there was, in fact, no fire. And then I drove to Target in Georgia Avenue and Eastern Avenue, and there was smoke there. And I looked online, and people in different neighborhoods, Petworth, Deanwood, Rockville, even, were saying they smelled the smoke, too. It was one of those uh, weird, like everyone experiences it at once moments, like regionally, which are kind of fun. And it's also a reminder of the the magic of the atmosphere, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember after Joe Biden's inauguration in January of 21, they had fireworks mm-hmm. and that people as far out as Olney in Maryland, which is 20 miles outside of DC, could see and hear them. Like their houses shook, my house shook. Uh, and it was because sound travels farther when the air is cold. Likewise, in this case, there were, as Capital Weather Gang explains, uh, low-level winds that have been blowing from North Carolina towards the D.C. area at a pretty high speed, like 20 to 45 miles an hour, since early Monday, just like hustling all those uh, smoke up here. And then warmer air was rising and there was cooler air trapped near the ground. So when the smoke arrived, it just stayed. And actually, 
there were a number of students at an elementary school in Alexandria who they had to call fire and rescue services out because kids said they were feeling sick. Wow. Mm. So so I am one of the rare people here. I did not smell the smoke because my allergies have been so bad <laughs> that I can't keep the windows open because of fear of like, oh my God, the pollen will just attack. So I didn't know that this was a thing until I saw the news. Has something like this like happened before? Yeah, I, maybe on like a smaller scale than this, you know, when there are wildfires anywhere else in the country, because the jet stream generally goes as west to east, like we will get smoke from California wildfires eventually, usually Whoa. like a week later. And other kinds of things in the air too. After the nuclear power plant disaster in Japan in 2011, uh, some of the radiation from that came here a week later, although at a much, much lower and safer level. But uh, it's just a reminder that everything is connected. D.C. is my favorite place to experience that kind of collective event. Like if you go on Twitter, whenever something weird is happening with the weather or like there's a weird, you know, um, aircraft in the air over D.C., <laughs> people on Twitter are, are, are going to be like, what is going on? They will, they will be talking about it. It's one of my favorite cities to experience some sort of collective event because we always have a lot to say about it. People are on it, man. People are on it. Well, before we all head out, let's do our D.C. life hack. So, Julia, if folks want to watch these hearings that you we were talking about earlier, how can they do that? Everyone, C-SPAN. Go to their website. They have the entire schedule of, like, every single hearing that you could want under the sun. If you want to watch it on, like, YouTube, uh, GOP Oversight is the YouTube channel that you want to go to because the GOP maintains control over the Oversight Committee right now. Um, so, yeah, if you want to watch the hearings, they are available. If you want to get your blood pressure up, during the spring. That's the way to go. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. Julia Karen, Dan Reed, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bridget. Our lead producer is Priyanka Tilbey. Our producer is Julia Karen. Our newsletter writer is Kayla Cody Stemmerman. And our hosts are Michael Schaefer and me, Bridget Todd. Music is by Alex Roldan. If you've enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. Guys, the pollen is on steroids. And it, it's really bad It is. Week. Ah! I love it here, but every year it's like the amount of Zyrtec I have to take just exponentially increases.